October 31st, 1989. You are a young child of five years, and you can't wait to go out as your hero, a teenage mutant ninja turtle named Michelangelo. For months building up to this day, you have collected every toy figurine, every coloring book, every VHS tape of the Ninja Turtles. So with your cloth shell and your orange bandana this one night, your fanatical hobby becomes a lifestyle. You are a Ninja Turtle. You head down to the cul-de-sac at the end of the street where the neighbors are running a carnival. You bob for apples. You guess someone's weight incorrectly, and you eat cotton candy. With all of the kids in the neighborhood, you line up on your bike, and at the fire of a gun, you race around the block. You don't win, but as Michelangelo, you don't lose either. And as it begins to get dark, you set out with friends canvassing the houses for candy. Trick or treat. Tonight, everything is a treat. The evening ends with a pile of candy on the living room floor, half of it now only wrappers. And you fall asleep next to it, still in turtle costume, and Mom lets you sleep there because she knows you don't want your day as Michelangelo to end. It is a day to remember. Memories bring such great joy to our lives when a sound, a smell, or a vision triggers this flood of memories. We are transported to a place and a time of the past. We relive those moments that we hold on to. We remember so many blessings for which we give thanks to God, and the memory becomes contagious. The joy of yesterday becomes joy today. The values we lived before are the values we wish to see tomorrow. And so when the past and the present diverge, become different, we long for the good old days, a familiar, comforting time. Memory is a joy, but it's also an escape when we're surrounded by the unknown. Remembering is also a holy exercise Remembering is the lifeblood of the church. Our shared identity lies in the memory of what Jesus did for us so many years ago. Our shared examples of holy living are found in the memory of the saints who have gone marching in before us. We remember God's promise to Abraham of a land flowing with milk and honey. We remember God delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt we remember that even conquered and exiled, God gathered up the remnant of Israel and from that stump grew a tree of life. We remember that to a virgin in a backyard stable, Jesus entered into our world and brings us even today this good news. We remember that even death could not stop Jesus from bringing about a heavenly kingdom now upon the earth. And we remember we are part of that kingdom as the body of Christ, the church. These are things to remember and to live by. But what if our memory is not as, we, as accurate as we think it to be? Now, recently I had the chance to go back to uh, the house that I grew up in. 
I had not been there since I was seven years old, and on the way I was filled with this longing excitement. I couldn't wait to see these uh, white Georgian columns of the front porch or the circular driveway where I learned to ride a bike or the huge backyard where seven of my birthday parties uh, were held. And we, we begin turning onto the street, and I catch this glimpse of the house, and I can't believe it. It is tiny. I would not be able to fit my family inside of it now, at least not comfortably. And how many times over the years when I felt like I, I didn't have enough space had I wished to be in this house again? I remembered it as it never was. Even worse, these new owners replaced the Georgian columns with common rectangular 4 by 4 Home Depot posts. <laughs> How dare they alter my childhood home? And I left that place a little upset. I felt like a part of me was gone. I, I remembered incorrectly, and then what I found to be real was irrevocably changed. Yes, there are times when memory is a bad thing. It's never good when we want to stay there, stuck in the past. I mean, what if you were to live your life as a Ninja Turtle? What if you were stuck in your five-year-old self, unwilling to change or respond to the world around you? You would look pretty darn ridiculous, wouldn't you? A flood of memories so easily places us in a nostalgic trance of sorts. We think only in terms of what was, unable to connect with what is or what will be. We are somewhat like sharks. When they are turned upside down, they are paralyzed in a state of tonic immobility, unable to swim in the waters that surround them. And this nostalgia trance is not a treat, it is a trick. Entranced, we trick ourselves into thinking all good things were found yesterday and that nothing good can come tomorrow. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul urges the church to press on to tomorrow. He says the greatest day is yet to come, the coming day of Christ. But Paul has every reason to be discouraged and to long for yesterday. He's imprisoned and cut off from who and what matter most to him. If only he could go back to his early days as a respected scholar and teacher. No. Nostalgia means nothing to Paul. He wants for no costume. For Paul, to press on to the goal is to be authentically changed. To press on is to let go of the past, to step out, of, out, out into faith into the unknown, to trust that God will be faithful to complete a good work in Him. And in our own theology, our own talk about God, we describe this as God's grace working to sanctify or to make us holy. We strive to become the people God wills us to be. Not by latching on to yesterday, but by embracing God's guidance into tomorrow. And it's unknown, it is absurd, it's even scary at times, but it is a mark of faithfulness to God. We press on to tomorrow. 
Surely you have a Ninja Turtle or some Georgian columns. That place or that time you long to return to some comfort food for the soul. When the world gets cold and lonely, when it all seems as if everything is going the wrong way, doesn't some nostalgia for yesterday well up within you? Remember, receive that joy and carry those blessings and let the escape be a relief from the ways in which you are challenged and prodded from all sides. But don't live in it. There is no wisdom there, according to Ecclesiastes. Yesterday will always be yesterday. Paul says it's time to press on. And Jesus knows the brokenness found inside you, and he invites you to lay yourself aside and to accept his way forward. It's a way that restores and transforms, although you can't always see how. It's a way that breathes life and resurrects, although you don't always know when. It's a way of good news, although you will have to sacrifice. To live this way, to embrace the day of Christ before you, you have to let go of your Ninja Turtle lifestyle. You have to let go of the good old days and look for the good here and now. You have to change. We have to change together, and we have to believe God can do something amazing with us tomorrow. And tomorrow is another day. We begin a week of vacation Bible school. We invest a lot of our time and our resources because we believe that God can and will use even one child to change our world for the better. We do it because we ask the children to change us. We do it because we remember that Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen.